Hey guys, it's Mike. I'm back again with another Poor Man Fantasy Football League podcast. And this week, we wrap up the divisional breakdowns that we've been working on over the summer. And today, over the studio audience with me, I have our friend Ryan, a.k.a. Slickburn. Say hi, Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Now, what's up, guys? I am uh, hoping we got better audio this time, or else I'm just going to talk really fast and get all my thoughts in right away before it messes up again. <laughs> hey, it, it has been a learning experience. Behind the scenes, we'll give you guys a little bit of peek behind the curtain. Some of you know this. There is a bit of a, a green room where we talk before we jump into the, the actual recording that I edit out. In this case, we have probably 39 minutes of recording before we went live in testing to make sure that the audio was nice and clear and it started off really bad and now we are we're sounding sweet you, nice you, sa- sweet. you sound like a beautiful angel mike i love it well that is what my name means if uh, michael means who is like god very angelic <laughs> great <laughs> all right so here we are guys it is the afc south and for those that aren't familiar that's the tennessee titans your Indianapolis Colts, your Houston Texans, and your Jacksonville Jaguars. This was um, this wasn't a bad division last year. Not as bad as as those stinky Cowboys, those terrible Eagles, and the rest of the junk that was tossed together over there. But there was some trash to be found, and it's going to be fun to to review the standings with you guys. Tennessee was 11 and 5, made the playoffs. Indianapolis, 11 and 5. Did they make the playoffs or did they get cut right on the bubble? Man, that would really stink to get cut on 11 and 5. I don't think so. Yeah, because obviously Tennessee won on the different. No, I remember, I think they lost to. uh, In a wild card match? Indianapolis definitely lost in their wild card. But I don't remember. Two 11 and 5 teams, which is like, that's exciting. Um, like both of those teams. And then the Houston Texans struggled their way to 4-12. and And Jacksonville, outside of winning their first game of the season, lost the next 15 to end at 1-15 and to secure themselves, because the Jets don't know how to lose, secured themselves the number one pick. They, uh, they lost real good. They did, but there was... All of that said, there was still fantasy value in Jacksonville. James Robinson was an absolute darling. And uh, we'll get into him a bit later because there actually is some positivity uh, circling around him right now in camp. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the only bright spot <laughs> that was there last year. So I don't, know if, there, I don't know if it was a plethora of, uh, uh, of DJ talent, Shirk but... had, had a couple games. Um, <laughs> he wasn't consistent enough, unfortunately. But I would we'll have let, called him a bust. I think I was. I had him pretty high. I, thankfully, he didn't land up in any of my teams, but I think I had him pretty high last year in rankings. And yeah, I had him uh, quite a few spots. Yeah, yeah, I got I got burned by that. Uh, he was a flex starter. That's where he ended up for me. But that's um that's where we were. Let's talk about where we think they're going to be this year. I have Tennessee winning the division, and I think they're going to win it handily. I don't think there's going to be any competition from anybody anybody else in this division. 
I think Indy has a Indianapolis is going to come in second, and that's only when Carson Wentz comes back for them. I think Jacksonville might give Indy a run for their money, but they're too new, too young. Um, they might gel. I don't know if they will right out of the hot, out of the gate, but I, I still give them a below 500 record for the year. And then Houston should be the worst team in all of the NFL. Yeah, I can't argue with that. I mean, I I, I do I don't know if we just got lucky with the uh, with the NFC South and AFC South, but it seems fairly easy to predict to me that Tennessee would run away with it. Indianapolis is probably going to retreat. Uh, you know, go down a little bit from their record, but not enough to get them bumped out of second. Uh, maybe right. enough to get them bumped out of the playoffs. They were in the playoffs last year, by the way. They lost to Buffalo just by three points. Um, okay. And then Jacksonville should do better than one in 15. There's a lot of buzz oh, yeah. around them. You know, they, they certainly got a lot of picks in the draft. Uh, <laughs> and then Houston is a train wreck. So, yeah. Unfortunately, I think Houston is going to be a train wreck for the next two years because they blew a bunch of draft picks. So they're going to need to make some serious moves. That's why they need to get a haul for Deshaun Watson. But uh, I guess I'm getting ahead of myself here. Let's let's talk about the. I, well, I, you know, I want to say one more thing on Houston, sure. just because it's fun to rag on. What do you think the over under is on Vegas of how many wins they would get this year? Because I'm trying to think of a number like. Three. No, and... I think I bet you they're one point five. Wow. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I think, I think that's what the Vegas odds are. I'm not even with an extra game, there. even with an extra game in the season. Yeah, <laughs> extra chance. I think that's what it was. Wow. Um, and mainly because they are, they're a bunch of uh, lunch pail guys right now. There's no, there's no extreme talent left on the team. Um, Deshaun Watson's got too much floating around him. There's some old veterans that are that are playing there. Guys that couldn't have gotten signed easily by other teams for one reason or another, so they went to Houston to get their payday. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what Houston is looking like for me. Maybe maybe we'll just jump right into Houston. Let's just let's just hash this one out. Oh yeah. Let's give the, give the people what they want. Let's go for the fantasy goodness. Yeah. Let's, let's get all, all the, um, Oh man. What are those magazines called? Like the, uh, like the TMZ trash talk. Yeah. Hey, we're going to find some diamonds in the rough here. You guys just, just hold on to your seats. So Houston Texans. Um, I don't think, I think they get maybe one, Two wins max. Um, and even that, if Deshaun Watson is not playing QB for them, I think one win is maybe the most they'll get. Yeah, is there any chance that he does play a game? I mean, yeah, actually, there, there. As of right now, uh, he is not on the commissioner's exempt list. No action has been taken against Deshaun Watson, and the and the league will not take any action until. Either his current predicament has been done and dealt with from the civil suit or legal charges have been applied. And as of right now, no legal charges have been applied. He's not being charged with anything. He's just being sued for money. So until that suing for money case resolves itself, the, the league won't take action. 
Hmm. I mean, it's kind of crazy. I just, I, you know, I just wrote him off in my head like, oh, yeah, no way in hell he's playing. But, you know, I don't know. It's like, huh, maybe I should, like, follow his legal situation a little uh, closer or something. Because uh... Well, I'm an owner in several. Oh, right. Yeah. Love the playing style. And I'm in a situation where I don't need him, but he was my best quarterback. And I'm following it because it's, it's starting to get interesting. So he's now working with the FBI uh, to investigate people that have filed claims against him for extortion. Mm. So that's where things have escalated. He offered a settlement, but his terms of the settlement to pay all these, these women to send them away, all of the disclosure has to be public. And it seems kind of odd. Most people, when you, you do a settlement, everything's tied up in a bow and no one says a word. There's a gag order on everyone. In mm-hmm. this case, he wants everything to be public. And the reasoning behind it was he wants everyone to know the truth, that he stands behind his, his personal conduct, that he did not mistreat or act inappropriately or behave in a manner uh, that was lewd or inappropriate in any way. That's and if he settles, he's settling. Um, oh, I forget the exact term. It was a legal term, saying, "Look, I didn't do anything wrong, but you're messing up my life, and I'm signing this off so that you'll go away. And anything that they say makes them liable for um, like defamation of character, a bunch of other crud." Um, so that it doesn't look like he's guilty and just paid people to go away. Hmm. Right? He wants to he wants to either rebuild or maintain his reputation. I'm feeling a little I'm feeling a little dirty for for thinking about uh, Watson possibly playing. I think I, I just want him to go away <laughs> as you talk more about it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a terrible thing to have to deal with, and it's an, a, kind of a product of our our environment. Where if he really did something and he was inappropriate and he did what is claimed against him, then it should be legal charges and that's how things should be dealt with. Hmm. To my opinion, like go that route. And then once those legal charges are done and he's facing jail time um, and a a long-term, if not indefinite suspension from the NFL, then you go after his money. Boom, done. This allegations coming up and... Like no progress has been made. More people keep coming up. And now the FBI is investigating extortion claims. It's like, man, this is just, if it comes out where this poor guy was just dragged through the mud and none of this was really as serious, like someone made a mountain out of a molehill. Like that, that just, that just sucks for, for him. Like that's just a terrible thing to do to a human being. And that's the part I don't get. Like if someone had conducted themselves inappropriately and you have a legal claim to it, charge them. Like, I don't understand why you don't, why this hasn't happened. So I think Deshaun Watson, if he plays it, I don't think the Houston Texans will let him play. Even if he's on the roster and he's just sitting on the bench. Like there's even talk that he's been playing uh, defensive back. Yeah. I, like, I think that was just like to get around some loophole or something. Like, sure. I, I don't know. But <laughs> so. so honestly, my personal opinion is, I don't think he plays this year unless he's traded. 
Even if I he plays, think... I just don't see how like he can be a. He seems like he needs a fresh start. I mean, how can you yeah. respect the guy? I mean, I guess if he just totally denies everything you want to believe him, you know, maybe you can you can uh, rationalize it to yourself. But I don't know. As a lead, you know, as he's not just as like a role player. He's a leader. leader. Yeah, he's a leader. It's just hard to. I don't know. It's hard to picture it. Um, you know, people. Uh, playing for him uh and, and respecting him anymore but uh, never but been on a, on a t- never been on a team where my leader was accused of by you know however many women of uh, misconduct so i don't know i've uh i don't know if i've been there before so, so the challenge part for him is like that's got to be tough for him to, to show his face around there he'll hold his head high right if he's yeah truly innocent that would be an easy thing to do but the fact that someone has the ability to slander you in such a way that is like most people's already have written him off, want nothing to do with him, and he's trying to save face. Like it's it's such a weird situation, and I I, I feel for the guy because if it was me and I'm innocent, like man, that that's just destructive. It's like you just destroyed my career, my future, and I got to fight tooth and nail for something that I didn't do. Now, if he did it, why is he still around? Like, how yeah. long does it take to really investigate this to go through each of these claims? Like. Well, let, let's let's take it away from the uh, you know the sexual misconduct right here. I, I'll I'll say one thing though, not to drop the subject entirely. It does remind yeah. me of like the steroid scandal for baseball, you know, like Roger Clemens, you know, having an interview where he's like, you know, listen, look in my eyes, I did not do steroid, you know, like right. Pe- people can like lie their ass off so convincingly sometimes you know, uh, just to avoid, you know, uh, accountability for their actions. So, you know, fans can fall for that too. Pretty True, easy. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Lance Armstrong denied. Oh yeah. Yeah. Any, uh, any steroid use and it turns out he was the most sophisticated steroid abuser in the history of mankind. Yeah. So yeah. like, I, I get it. So for me, it would be what I'd love to see happen here is the the NFL is just going to say, you know what? He's currently, um, he was on suspension from the team with pay. So if I'm the NFL and this is going on, I would pluck Deshaun Watson out of the NFL and still keep him paid until proven otherwise. And it's like, you know what? We don't need this. We don't want this. You're going to sit over here in the ether until this is resolved. And as soon as we have a picture of what's going on here, we'll, we'll make a decision on your future within the league. And if you're not happy with that, I'm sorry, but that's, that's the league rules. Mm-hmm. The fact that he's still shopping around the team, right? And the team is still trying to shop him out, try and get a deal somewhere. It's just, I don't know. There's too, too many moving parts for me to understand. And it, it's kind of intriguing. It's also kind of disappointing to watch. But maybe we've beaten this to death. But there's not much left to talk about regarding Houston Texans because Tyrod Taylor is not moving the needle for me as uh, as their starting quarterback. No. Oh, did Davis Mills uh, get any? Uh, I didn't watch the preseason game. Shocking, because you know they're Why the Texans. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I wonder if Davis Mills got any uh, got any play in the game um, or not. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he got a couple reps. You wouldn't have drafted a guy and not given him at least like a few 
It's yeah, like 11, 11 of 22 for 112 with one interception. All right. Okay, so not terrible. Like, that's you would expect that from, what, a fourth or fifth round rookie? So some strong throws, some misses and turnover. Did, did engineer a couple scoring drives. So, you know, better than, like, some of the other, you know, second string rookies like Kellen or, like, Mond there and Trask. You know, they really stunk it up in their first. Uh, for me, those guys are like, that's true. Cause those guys are like deep. Like, those are developmental picks. Those guys are like, sit on the bench for three years, wait for someone to die or retire, and then we'll give you a chance. So at least, at least you haven't, you, you, at least there's still a little hope for, for uh, uh, someone in the future there. But yeah, Tyrod's not, no. Tyrod's just a band aid. So he's a total band aid. Um, he punctured his lung. What game one or before the first game, they gave Herbert his big opportunity to shine. Oh boy, yeah, geez, that was uh, um, the right move. <laughs> yeah, and so now you've got Tyrod Taylor, and you're looking at the rest of the team, and you've got a mess at running back. You got David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram, uh, Rex Burkhead, even, and the depth chart, which came out, put David Johnson in the old Duke Johnson role, which was non-existent last year. Mm. And then put uh, Mark Ingram and Philip Lindsay as co-starters. And now we're watching preseason games, and David Johnson is is barely getting any work. Like Rex Burkhead and the other rookies are the ones getting the play, and David Johnson's getting the uh, the passing down work. Yeah, I mean, I I gotta say I was surprised that David Johnson was even resigned. So to me, it's not actually that surprising that he's being at least has the glimpse of being relegated to uh, you know, a role player now, as opposed to the lead back. Um, I'm a big Lindsay fan. Um, I don't really know why there's something, there's something about him that's made him not come up to that success that he first had in Denver when, when he was like, had a crazy efficiency and, I don't know if it's, you know, that they take him out of the game too much because he's not good at, like, pass protection, or maybe he's not even that good at pass catching. You know, I I thought he was going to, like, blow up, and then he got run out of Denver. He did. Do you think Melvin Gordon has something to do with it? Like, he went there, and they said, you know what, let's get a proven back. Let's not rely on this undrafted free agent. Let's move on. Yeah, are we previewing Jacksonville here? Because that's it's kind of what I feel like similarly. You yeah. know, had an undrafted free agent running back who showed a lot of promise. And so let's pay millions of dollars and bring in some other guy instead. Somebody else. Yeah, let's, let's, <laughs> let's go that route. So I'm not sure. Like, if anything, I would see this being a running back by committee where they might start off with a couple bodies and see who gets the hot hand and run with it. Mm-hmm. I was hoping David Johnson would have been a nice sleeper starter because he wasn't terrible last year. He wasn't crazy efficient, but he wasn't terrible. He wasn't. He didn't, he didn't hurt you last year. I mean, I would. I mean, what situation could you possibly be happy for him? Like we're talking redraft. You know, I mean, yeah, he can fill in a spot if you have a bye week on some guys, but that's I it, mean, maybe. I would rather have guys with upside and it's, he doesn't have upside. I don't think he does. I I think he's sort of like girly in that he had just had like, he just got injured. Something happened to him. He's just not the same guy. No. Um, At this point, 
his confidence got to be just shot too. Yeah. Yep. Like that that can't be a a good feeling knowing that Mark Ingram, uh, two running backs were added to the roster and were immediately put ahead of you. Yeah, and bringing in Ingram and Burkhead too as like fellow veterans, that's like, you know, it's <laughs> it's like, okay, I thought I was the vet, you know, and now you just bring in a couple other guys. It's just, you know, I don't know. Lindsay's the youngest. He's got the most future and the most potential upside. You know, I mean, if you're going to pick anyone, I would go with him uh, as long as you can get value from, you know, pretty late in a draft or something. I think Lindsay's going late enough that he's probably worth a grab. Because of the three, he's probably the one that I would grab because I would think that he'd get the most work. He has the least amount of tread on the tires. He he had 2,000-yard seasons. Uh, even with uh, with Melvin Gordon there, he wasn't terrible. I'm not exactly sure what happened there, but out of the three, if I had to draft today, he'd be the one that I would take. Mm-hmm. Receivers, though. Even though Tyrod Taylor is throwing the ball, Brandon Cooks has not been a crappy receiver. Mm-hmm. I still like Brandon Cooks. I don't like him if he's my number one. I don't even know if I want him. I'm super comfortable as my wide receiver too. Maybe if I've got like Tyreek Hill or Devontae Adams as my one, I might be comfortable with Brandon Cooks as my two. Otherwise, I think he's a, he's a solid flex play for me. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's a guy that can go in a spot. He's still pretty young. He's 27. He's not. Uh, I know it seems like he's been around forever. <laughs> you know, he's yeah. played so many teams, but he, he shouldn't be washed up yet. Um, so I, I just have never really been that excited for him. Maybe it's because when he came to New England, he didn't really do anything. So I kind of, you know, didn't really like him anymore. <laughs> but, but he's uh, still a thousand yard guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, and he did great last year too. Um, well, the great, you know what I mean? He did. Well, he uh, did good good last year he didn't hurt you like he was it was unbelievable how consistent how people don't like brendan cooks Mm. because he's been passed around the league but he still still performs um and gets a thousand yards regardless of where he goes which is mind-boggling that he has the ability to do that yeah yeah uh you know 1150 yards six touchdowns uh played you know 15 games 81 receptions. I mean, that's yeah. that's a pretty solid year. Uh, I'm not gonna not gonna uh, so take away from that. 2019 was his worst year. He was wide receiver 61 and wide receiver uh, in standard, wide receiver 62 in PPR. But he did not play. I think he missed a lot because he only had 72 targets with 42 receptions. Played 14 games his- though. He did play 14 games, hey? Yeah. Yeah, didn't show great. But every other year, 2015, he was wide receiver 13. 2016, wide receiver 9. 2017, wide receiver 15. 2018, wide receiver 13. Last year, he was wide receiver 16 in PPR. So, like, that's that's not terrible. To me, That's I would play him as a flex. I wouldn't trust him as my second a wide receiver, too. But I, I would play him as a flex, and I think you, you'd get something out of him. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, you know, when you look at the stats, it, it really, it does help you, you know, and it was, it's 15, he was 15 in standard too. So it's not like he's, when you said PPR, I was like, Oh, is he only a PPR guy? PPR guy? No, no, he's, no still... he's a yards guy. Yeah. It's like, he's, yeah, he's had some really good seasons, but when you look at the rest of the receiving core, I think that's, <laughs> that's where things start to get really scary. Well, yeah. If you're wondering if someone was going to challenge Brandon cooks for the number one job, uh, you don't have to wonder very, <laughs> very hard. Uh, well, no, he's got, He's got Anthony Miller, who has a dislocated shoulder, mm-hmm. brought over by, from Chicago. You got Kiki Cootie, who uh, was drafted, what, three years ago? Yeah, I mean, I guess I think the ship has sailed on him. I mean, he's had so many chances. Uh, I can't imagine. If Deshaun that. Watson is your quarterback, you've had many chances to be an electric wide receiver. Yeah, this will be his fourth year, so I can't imagine so <laughs> it's not the year with Tyra that he's gonna you know show out so no no and then you've got chris conley who came over from kansas city who see mm-hmm. who, all the reports that i've been reading shows that he's been having great chemistry with tyrod taylor so take that for what you will he's listed as the wide receiver three behind rookie Wide receiver Nico Collins, who I'm a fan of because he comes from my college team, the Michigan Wolverines. And mm-hmm. I loved I loved the landing spot. I loved where he was taken. I loved everything about what was going on here. And then the whole Deshaun Watson thing just kind of went blah. Oh, I was wondering. You picked him in the second round, though. I'm pretty sure the, the Watson – I thought the Watson news had broken by the time our draft was out. Uh, it, it had, but I hadn't given it – I, to be honest with you, back when it first happened, I thought it was a, a cheap tactic by the Texans to say F you to Deshaun Watson <laughs> for, for being, being a bit of a douche um, and holding out in contracts and saying he wants out. Um, I'm not so sure that's the truth anymore. Hmm. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, r- regardless, you know, I, 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 I've, Read that he's a good talent. So, you know, sometimes you got to, especially in Dynasty, especially when you're getting, and it was the end of the second round, to be fair. You know, you got to just take talent sometimes and just, you know, even if you can't see the path forward, you know, it's just like, who knows what will happen. I'm just going to buy this guy. He's supposedly really good, even though he's I like. I think he has great hopes. He's just going to need a quarterback, which I don't think Tyrod Taylor is going to be the guy for him. Uh, to be able to help him rise to the surface. Well, but, yeah, but it's not about it's not about him getting points for you this year, but it's about no, him getting the well, opportunity to play. Yeah, he he's gonna play. He's gonna he's gonna get his chance, you know, to show something. So, and hopefully he shows something, so that when they get their next quarterback, I'm I'm assuming they'll go in the draft next year. That's what they should target. Go find their next young QB there. Um, have him build around right mm-hmm. use your use your assets and and start building from the ground up like tear it down to the bones get get whatever picks you can get man and and rebuild and i, I like his future outlook um that's why i took him not just because he was a homer asset um out of all of the receivers in this group nico collins has has size and body on him he's six foot four 222 like the guy can move, guy can run, and he's a big body, deep threat receiver. And there wasn't a lot of that in this year's draft. A lot of those guys were, were pretty small, like six foot and under. 
So that's I wanted to get someone who had some size. Yeah. Certainly a nice uh, prototypical, uh, you know, uh, receiver body there. Definitely. Um, Jordan Akins, do you think he's going to be a, a tight end to keep an eye on? I don't think he's one to own, but do you think? Oh, no, that? no, not at all. No, I mean, he's flashed, you know, with some games with Deshaun Watson occasionally, but I, I think that's his ceiling is just a flash occasionally. And they drafted a, a tight end so clearly they are trying to bolster the the room there a little bit yeah. so and brevin jordan the rookie tight end is listed as the tight end two on the team as of right now mm-hmm. so and we know we all know that tight ends take forever to develop yeah and i i don't know too much about brevin um i mean he's uh, I, but the tight end class this year was not very good um so i I can't help but feel like maybe he was elevated a little more than you, you know, than he otherwise would have. Maybe. Uh, well, it was. It was. Um, looking here, he was round five, which I think is fine. You're not. You're not investing a heck of a lot uh, at that point for anybody. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He definitely wasn't over drafted. I just. I, I guess I meant more on the fantasy community side. You know, if you have to rank the tight ends and he's like third on the list, like third best tight end on the draft, you know, you're like, Oh, wow. I'm going to go get the third best tight end tight end this yeah. year. You know, <laughs> he actually might've been the third best tight end in the draft. Who knows? Yeah. No one really paid attention because Cal Pitts took, took all of the fame. Yeah. It, yeah. It was definitely like number one tight end. And then I think Pat Freemuth, Freemoth. Yeah, that's true. The Pittsburgh guy. Yeah. Pittsburgh guy. I think he was the only other one of note. Well, so here we are in a nutshell. That's the Houston Texans. Uh, all of the excitement about the team had really nothing to do about real football action. So <laughs> there you go. Now let's talk about a team that does have some great potential here with the Tennessee Titans. The creme de la creme of this division. Recent asset Julio Jones comes to the team. Ryan Tannehill has really risen up since losing losing as Adam Gase as his quarter or as his head coach. Um, Derrick Henry is the absolute beast. Um, I am a little concerned there because he's had a lot of touches. Man, he's ran that ball a lot, yeah. and I got bit by the Demarco Murray bug hmm. when Demarco Murray was with the Cowboys. Ran for like. I don't know. He's at 300 some uh, touches year one, 300 some touches year two. And then he didn't get paid and the Cowboys let him go. I'm like, that's so weird. I'm brand new at fantasy football. Why would you do that? Like that seems Mm. like a guy who's an absolute killer. And then, then he falls off the cliff and it's like, okay, now I get it at that age, after that much wear and tear there, you need to be concerned. So here's Derek Henry. He's had what? 4,000 yards in the last two years. And 700 touches, almost seven. I think is what it is. Like that's a lot of work. How do you feel about Derrick Henry this year? Well, see, my problem is the uh, I felt your concerns that you're bringing up now is what I felt last year, and so I didn't have any shares of him anywhere. And in fact, I drafted Darrington Evans. Uh, you, you know, um, 
oh shoot, who's the guy that left? You know, who just retired? Deion from Lewis. NFL. Yeah, Deion Lewis. You know, left the team. They got drafted a guy. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, he's the next guy. They'll you know share the load a little bit, try him out, see you know if he can take the reins or not. But like that did not happen at all. They just rode Henry again, and he didn't wear down again. Be gun shy with saying like, oh well, he's gonna wear down. Because he just didn't he just <laughs> last didn't. year. He just proved you wrong. Sometimes there are just freaks of nature out there, like that can buck the the. Uh, so I don't know. I, I, you know, in none of my leagues, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna have the potential to either get him in redraft or, you know, acquire him in, in dynasty. So I don't have to make that decision. But I, I would have a hard time, like if I was drafting third in a redraft league. I was going to try to take him or not. I don't know. I agree. I would, if I had to draft today, he would not be on my target list where he's being drafted. In that first round, I would not be touching Derrick Henry. I'd be finding other backs that have higher upside with less wear and tear. Now, in another league, I own him in one. And the guy was a beast. Can't move him. As of right now, so far, nobody wants to touch him. Hmm. So I will not re- I will not get my return on Derrick Henry. And if he balls out this year, there's no way I'm getting my return on Derrick Henry because mm. no one's going to want a guy who has three years of that much tread on those tires. Mm. So I'm yeah. stuck. Now, granted, here's what I paid for Derrick Henry. Corey Davis. Uh, and? That's it. <laughs> when did that happen? How did that happen? <laughs> um. Derrick Henry had a before he went off like the year essentially the year that he went off he had a stumbling game and I was desperate for a running back and I thought like he's gonna get the workload and other fantasy analysts that I've been listening to said hey he might not have talent or running backs that don't have talent or you don't believe it if they get touches they're worth something they might not be worth much but they're worth something touches are valuable it's like okay so if this guy only gets like two yards of carry but he gets 300 carries i'm gonna get something out of it Mm. so i i made the offer and it was like i sent and clicked and accepted he's like ha 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 i can't believe this happened man that's so awesome thank you (laughs) i was like okay cool thanks like i i knew you needed a receiver i had depth of receiver Corey davis wasn't a guy that was he was hot and cold wasn't super shiny at the point like he was still kind of like he had some shine because of his draft value, but he mm-hmm. hadn't performed and lived up to it yet. So he took him thinking that, Hey, he's going to have the breakout. Things are going to happen. Well, Marcus Mariota never made that happen, but Derek Henry did. And it's been great. Yeah. I mean, right. Just laugh all the way to the bank on that one. And, and don't worry about his value now. I mean, just ride him out. You oh, that's know. just it, man. This is like, <laughs> I bought this car. I'm, I'm riding this thing till the wheels fall off. But in, in our league here, so this must have been a different league, it looks like Shervin has him, and he, uh, no, Bryce. Bryce has him, got him from Shervin. He traded Cortland Sutton and a 2019 second-round pick. That's not uh, bad. In 2018. So he got, he got the 2018 season, 2019 season. 20, so that was a long time ago. Um, yeah, he bought at the right time. Yeah, so that was that was a pretty good trade. Considering Sutton's good, too, though. He... he you got injured, but anyway. I might explain why Shervin was doing so well. <laughs> All right. 
Um, what else do you want to talk about? Like, where, where else do you want to go in this team of? Well, you mentioned, seven? yeah. I well, I guess I'll take that comment in that I do think they're a little. They do remind me of like New Orleans a little bit. Um, in that, like, I feel like there's a lot of. I guess maybe not New Orleans this year, but. Um, I just don't think there's a lot of great depth on the team. Um, so you got AJ Brown and Julio Jones at wide receiver, yep. uh, Derek Henry and Ryan Tannehill. And it's like, after that, you're not, yeah. not too much. So no, uh, um, I, they still have Darrington Evans, right. As their backup running back. Yeah. I, but you know, they didn't really, he didn't, get any chances whenever he's played in the preseason he hasn't done anything so like i you know i don't know uh so behind aj brown and and julio jones is josh reynolds now who's not Um, terrible yeah Um, yeah that's liked him as an asset before they got julio but now that julio's there i think josh is going to get lost in the um in the wicks i don't think there's going to be enough to go around to feed josh and make him relevant well right when julio is healthy but there's guaranteed there's going to be games where Julio is not healthy because that's just how he rolls. So they'll give him some, some reps there. I think. Woody, how many games do you think Julio gets in this year? With him, it's so hard though, because he plays a lot, but he plays injured. So it's like, you can't go by games sometimes, (laughs) you know, it's like, when is he going to get injured? And then just be out there, you know, on 50% of snaps and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, I mean, you know, that's just history. Maybe it doesn't always happen like that, but you know, so it's, to me, it's not just about how many games he plays. It's about how, uh, you know, those soft tissue issues that he, he comes up with. So where would you put him in your roster? You mean like, where would I draft him at? No, where, if you own, if he was on your team. Yeah. Do I want him as my wide receiver too? Yeah, or is he your flex play? Hmm. You know, I didn't really, th- I haven't thought about that because I don't think I'm going to ever get him uh, in a league. I think there's always going to be someone that wants him more than me. Now, I offered a second round pick for him when he was uh, in Atlanta and he was like, you know, talking about getting out and he didn't know where he was going to go, but Donnie didn't accept that trade. So, I mean, <laughs> I'll still take him on my team for the right price, but. Uh, I think that's actually a fair value. Um, a second round pick for Julio Jones in the current situation. He's what, 33? He's, yeah, he'll be 33 at the time the season starts. And you know he's not going to be the wide receiver one. He's in a brand new system. So there's some detractors here. Now, granted, he's, he's a Hall of Fame wide receiver. He's mm-hmm. going to get some work. For me, I wouldn't trust him as my wide receiver too. He's a flex play. And I'd probably pick it's probably him by a hair over Brandon Cooks. I might even pick Brandon Cooks hmm. over Julio because I know Brandon Cooks is going to you know it is Brandon Cooks because Brandon Cooks is the number one receiver on that team and he's gonna be force fed the ball. Yeah, and you gotta you gotta take the changing teams into account too. I mean yeah, new scheme and Maybe his ego takes a little bit of a dip because he knows he's not going to be the one. Like A.J. Brown has to be the one. Now, I'm not a huge fan of Cooks, so I don't know if I would I would still take Jones over Cooks, but, yeah. you know, your your argument makes sense to me. You know, I don't want to rely on, on, on Jones. So if there was, like, 
you know, if I needed a wide receiver too, I would go Cooks. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd prefer Cooks. And if I already had two wide receivers, Jones is a good, uh, you know, a great third wide receiver. Um, sure. If he was still in Atlanta, man, it wouldn't be a question. It'd be Jones because you knew he, you knew he has rapport. He knows the system. He's going to play well. But new system, new environment, a new a lot of everything. And for that, I got to put him. I got to put him on my my flex flex list, and I'm going to put Brandon Cooks ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Now, Johnny Smith really liked the guy. Really liked the talent. He didn't stick around. He left. And they didn't do anything really at the tight end spot. So that mm-hmm. leaves Anthony Ferkser as their tight end. Now, there was value for two receivers on the team. Now, that was A.J. Brown. And that was split between Anthony Ferkser and Adam Humphreys, who's also gone. Do you think everything gets dumped into Julio? Or do you think Ferkser might be touchdown dependent like we're, no, we're I, I, yeah, I think Ferkser is a. I mean, I picked him up in 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 our league. There, I spent however many dollars on the waivers, some ridiculous amount, uh, just when waivers first opened because he was just out there. Um, yeah, I think it's a great gamble to 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 try on. I mean, uh, in the games that Johnu didn't play last year, he he had solid numbers. You know, it was only a couple games or something, but you know, it was like five for 70 or something. And then there was one game where like John who got hurt or something. And he was like, you know, seven for a hundred and a touchdown. So like, he kind of stepped it up when he had his opportunity. Um, He's not a high draft pick or anything though. He's not like projected to be like a, like he wasn't like waiting in the wings, but no, you know, and, and, you know, they did bring in Jeff Swain, like from the Cowboys, I believe he's from the Cowboys. Um, So it's not like they didn't, get anyone not that swain is like you know no, causing swain anyone to swoon but jacksonville. jacksonville okay yeah and i don't see you know i let i let oh man i added him for a dollar back in 2018 and then cut him jeff swain gone <laughs> now anthony ferkser what concerns me was the snap percentage that he got last year which was really low so i think but in that time span for the for the low snap percentage that he was actually on the field he got a a reasonable proportion of the targets right so if 100% of snap share were to happen based upon what i'm seeing here he would have been a 7 to 9 target per game guy hmm. so if you if that trends upward right so if he actually is on the field and gets that kind of snap percentage then if he's a 5 to 6 targets that's not bad yeah and he, and you know he's on a good team so that yeah. helps too you know that more touchdown potential he hasn't shown that you know touchdown potential is not really like a red zone threat tight end that he's shown yet but that was probably because they were just throwing it to Johnny all the time Right. Um, he had but, one you know, touchdown last year. Yeah, yeah. So not <laughs> not showing off too much, but that I don't think that's indicative of what. It's not necessarily indicative of what he could do. No. So you know, it just if you're going to take a shot at at a tight end on a good team with a good quarterback, you know, who has a new opportunity. I mean, 
there you go. The stars aligned. I mean, don't go crazy and like <laughs> pick them in, you know, round six or something crazy, but you know, just a good value. Just if you had to wait on tight end. I think, yeah. If you had to, and you need to take a shot, if you're looking to get a backup tight end, cause maybe you, you got someone in the middle rounds. I don't, I don't think um, I'm like you when waivers opened up in a lot of leagues, I went and picked them up. Now, you know, this already, I'm already tight end heavy in our league. I have mm-hmm. way too many tight ends. So I wasn't going to go out there and go draft somebody else um, to help clog up my bench. So I, I had to pass on this one in this league. But I, I think there's a lot of upside here. I like the potential. There's no guarantee it's going to come to fruition, but I do like what could happen. Yeah, he's way down. I'm looking at him on Dynasty like rankings. Uh, I guess I have PPR scoring on for some reason, but he's – He's down at like 29 of tight ends. Like that just doesn't make sense to me. There's 32 teams. How could he be that <laughs> low? It seems. And you would think with Ryan Tannehill, who has really emerged in the last couple of years, you'd think they'd give him a bit more respect because he's a good quarterback, if not mm-hmm. a great quarterback. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, should we move on to the Indianapolis Colts? Let's talk to uh, about a team that did really well last year under Phillip Rivers before making a massive transition. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz out five to 12 weeks with a foot injury. Surgery has happened. If the surgery hadn't happened, what was your opinion of Carson Wentz? Uh, yeah, I, I've kind of been fine with Wentz. I, I, uh, think there's a lot of problems in Philadelphia, so yes, you can't pin it all on him. Um, so this is a great fresh start, you know, like opportunity with his I old think. coach, right? Frank Reich was the guy who, uh, who drafted him. He had the near MVP season with him and, uh, he helped facilitate the trade to get Wentz over. So, I and I guess I'm, and I guess I'm more excited when I when I talk, say I'm excited. I mean, like, I, I'm happy for him to make the Colts better and make all the skill players on the Colts better. Right. You know, like, like I, I, I'm not, you know, like, I don't know if he's going to be a great quarterback. Stats, numbers, you know, I don't know, but I think he, as good a spot as you could get. You know, transitioning away from some rivers to to bring in someone quality. Sure, I actually like. The, the the move i think you you hit it right on the head of the nail there with it made the other players in that team better transitioning away from philip rivers you weren't going to get a rookie quarterback to develop and you're still going to try and fight for that win now scenario i still would not own carson wentz anywhere maybe in the super flex uh as my third quarterback but that's the 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 most i would invest in carson wentz i would not have him if you're streaming a quarterback and the matchup is right, sure. But I'd wait after the first three weeks to see what happens. Now, with the foot injury, he's moved even further down the list for me. I still think when he comes back, we're going to see some fantasy value. Uh, people will have to respect his ability to pass. He's not going to be a runner if he's going to come back from a foot injury. That's just my opinion. And well, and that's the real thing too. Is he's he was a decent runner. Like he ran for five touchdowns last year. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I, I remember because I had him on my team, so uh, you know, I it, it was a nice little boost. Um, but yeah, that that's that's a part of his game. He's not going to have uh, right away, at least. Now, 
Uh, how much do you love or hate Jonathan Taylor? Hmm, he's tough because I have Jonathan Taylor in is this league. No, it's not this league. So it's oh, the, the I other league. Got him in this league. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I mean. I don't know what it is. Is it just because he's on the team? But I just keep thinking of Trent Richardson sometimes. Oh, like, really? Well, that's what it was for the first eight games. I was like, there's this guy that's supposed to be balling, like the number one pick, and and he's not he's not doing it. Uh, so it's hard to get over your, that initial impression um, for me. But, uh, you know, obviously he, he turned it on at the end of the year and uh, – he, you know, his last four games there, you know, 150 yards, two touchdowns, 83 yards, a touchdown, 74 yards, two touchdowns, 253 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, that's, that would make most people forget. Apparently I just have a, <laughs> a bad those memory. Are, those <laughs> are all great stats. Like though, that is, yeah, that is, yeah, it's amazing. Um, I like him. I think unfortunately, teams are going to stack the box against him until Wentz comes back. So he should see a rough start. I think once Wentz is back and they can establish the passing game, I think it'll open back up for him. So I, I would predict he's probably going to be another top. He's going to be a top 10 back easy, um, but he's going to struggle out of the gate because no one's going to respect Jacob, Jacob Eason or Sam <laughs> Ailinger. As a, as a as a passing quarterback? Yeah, that is true. Although, you know, it seems like Wentz's injury, they've uh, leaned toward the, the lower, uh, you know, projected portion of that. So, um, so if somehow you can get Taylor at a value from someone that thinks, you know, he's going to have to struggle with that for too long. Uh, sure. He's obviously a great pick. And despite my... My bias there shouldn't, uh, you know, uh, I try to get past my bias and, and he's a, I mean, he's a great, great pick. He's, he's shown he can really ball out. So, yeah. Yeah. I think he's a great running back. He'll do well. Um, I don't want to talk about Marlon Mack. (laughs) He didn't, he didn't didn't make the list for a reason. And I'll tell you (laughs) the reason why. I'll tell you why I don't want to talk about him. Because <laughs> <laughs> I see your I see your notes here. Doesn't even make the show notes. Like, nope. And uh just a real quick, he had an Achilles tear. Mm-hmm. No one comes back from that. No one. Kevin Durant in a different sport came back from it. But no other football player has ever come back from an Achilles tear. Especially running back where planting, cutting, and moving. Now, he, he might have the hip move, and he might have the power, but he won't have what he needs, that burst, that that quick step. It's just not going to be there. So I'm not worried about Marlon Mack in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, um, and I'm not worried about him either. Um, he's not the future anyway, so there's no, no reason to, you know, try to have him overtake Taylor, you know. Uh, but he's... I, I, I picked him up for zero dollars just, you know, just to have a, a backup. If Taylor goes down, maybe he can get in there and, and, and recapture what he's done in the past. I mean, he was a thousand yard rusher. He was yeah, he was going- great talent. Like, I love where Marlon Mack was going, but yeah. Achilles tears, man, like that is, 
You don't yep. come back from that. And I love the fact that teams still brought him back, gave him a contract, but I think that is a total swan song. Hey, man, we appreciate what you did for us. And the situation that we're in, like, we're moving on. But we'll give you one year. You come back in as a backup. In reality, he's not going to get the workload. To me, Naheem Hines, he's, he's, a, he's a running back worth owning, mm-hmm. especially if you're playing in a funny league where they allow punt return yards. Like, Naheem Hines is – He's he's golden. He's probably going to vulture a bunch of touchdowns from Jonathan Taylor uh, that we would hate to see because he's going to be that pass catching within the twenty. But it's it's Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines and Marlon Mack is that was a courtesy contract. Yep, um, I have trouble with backs like Naeem Hines to really like want to own them just because like, I feel like the ceiling isn't there. Like even if Taylor went down, you know, I think they'd bring Mac in to like cover the rushing yeah, roles. Cause Naeem Hines doesn't have that. Uh, is it the body type? Hang on a sec. I'm going to put up here. Yeah. Naeem Hines is a pass catching back that that's where he makes his pay. That's where things work well for him. It's not, He's going to have big games, though. It's his floor that's concerning. His floor is really low. It's harder to predict those big yeah. games, in my you, opinion. You don't you know, know when they're going to happen. Because it's not like, oh, this team has a bad rushing, you know, uh, so let's start Naeem Hines, you know. That's <laughs> not so, how it works. So, without, so. without looking, without looking, where do you think Naeem Hines finished last year in our league? What rank did he have? Ooh, of running backs? Yeah. Oof. Wow. Um, end of season ranking did he play did he play all 16 games he did Oof. that's one thing you, you have to love about pass catching backs they don't get a lot of workload like his this is based upon he had two games where he had 50% snap share otherwise he was 32 34 33 he's like a 30% snap share kind of player okay well I'll, I'll go he's 22 15. Yeah. I figured you asked because it's going to be a number like that, but I just went with what I would have said. 22. That's a good, good question. That's a good, it's a good stat. I would not have expected him to finish peep uh, in, in our scoring format. He finished 15, which is unreal, but looking at it, he received, he was getting five targets a game. And so the his catch so percentage the, was ninety percent. So I'll just read the whole stat line here that he had sixty three catches for four hundred eighty two yards and four touchdowns, yeah. uh, three hundred eighty rushing yards for three touchdowns. So that's what apparently the fifteenth back will get you. Which um, is for me like that's that's your that's your running back too. Yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, again, I'm just kind of stating my biases too because James White had been playable before, not last year, but you know when Brady was there uh, as you know another top finishing running back. Yeah. Um, so it, it can happen. I, you know, you got a quarterback change though, so that's worth mentioning. True. Uh, he Wentz didn't really support a catching running back in Philly. There could be a lot of reasons for that. Maybe it wasn't Wentz at all. Um, could have been so, system because they didn't really have um, a running back pass catching. They had Jordan Howard for so long. 
Oh, well, Sanders right? is Sanders is and Sanders owners are crying in the corner at you saying that. That's but... me. <laughs> That's me, right? And yeah. they just cut Kerryon Johnson. So it's not like Kerryon Johnson's gonna be a pass catching back in in Philly. So I I just I like Naheem Hunt. I owned him, I traded him this year to uh our friend Shitsend or SH Send. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think of every time I see that name. I oh realize boy! That it was an old name from from an email he got from a long time ago. But oh, I just... hope I hope he gets I hope he gets through <laughs> the podcast enough to hear that. Yeah, uh, of course. Of course all right. Well, let's 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 talk. Let's just go through that wide receiver uh, list. Yeah, here. this is a, this is great. Um, I've got some really mixed emotions on this one, so I'm going to let you you lead on this. Oh. Um... I was not hoping to lead on this because I <laughs> I don't have a strong feeling on on a lot of these guys. Uh, they're not really no people one I care way. about owning. Michael <laughs> uh, Pittman's the only guy I want to own as a guy who might have a chance to rise to the surface. Mm-hmm. I liked him with Philip Rivers. I think when Carson Wentz comes back as as the real passer here. He's probably going to make make Michael Pittman relevant. I don't trust T.Y. Hilton. That was a guy who, like, I was off of him last year, and I'm glad that I was because he was super inconsistent. Mm-hmm. I liked Paris Campbell, and I'm reading some good things in camp about him, but, man, that's, mm-hmm. what, two years of missed opportunities. Mm-hmm. So not a, not a lot of excitement, which is why I have some mixed emotions. I was high on Paris Campbell. And that didn't pan out. And I don't know if I want to go down that road again. Michael Pittman, I like. He had some good stats. Uh, Donnie's really talked Michael Pittman up the last couple of years. So I was like, okay, well, maybe Don- My- Michael Pittman. I like him. Other than that, I don't want to really touch anybody. Yeah, well, you know, they're they're both hampered by injuries a little bit. Um, and, you know, Pittman's only been around one year. So he could certainly progress and Campbell's almost essentially only been around one year because he only played two games last year and seven games the year before that. So, you know, what we've seen hasn't really impressed me. Whatever games I watched and I saw him, he just seemed like just a guy. Um, But, you know, there is the bit of unknown for both of them. So if you want a lottery ticket, you know, there's certainly an opening for number one receiver in Indianapolis. So, yeah. Hopefully, oh, hopefully someone rises to the surface. So next year, there's someone we can cheer for. Well, it's going to be Mo Alley Cox. Actually, he's going <laughs> to okay. He's going to take over the the basketball player from uh, VCU, um, <laughs> who I watched uh, a good amount because he plays in the same conference as the team that I root for. So yeah. Here's an interesting thing about Mo Alley Cox. Him and I have the same birthday. How would you even know that? <laughs> Did you just oh. look that up now? Or <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at his profile right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I see that he he got yeah, we share the same birthday. Nice. When is that? September nineteenth. Oh, hey, my birthday is September twentieth. Look at that. Oh wow, it's a great time of year. <laughs> um, so that's funny. He's listed as the the top tight end, huh? Wow. Uh, mm-hmm. they're they're. They're kind of slim in that that area. Well, who who would? Okay, this is a guy who's amazing in pass protection. Oh, Jack Doyle's still there. 
Jack Doyle is still there, which would be he. I would classify Jack Doyle as the pass catching back. But Moali Cox has, to me, he has all the upside. Yeah, yeah. I, Doyle is a lot like we were talking to Houston. Was it Aikens? You know, it's just like he's been around now. You know, you if know. he was going to be something, he'd be something. Right. So, so I think that's probably true with Doyle too. Is there's not much upside there, so why bother picking him? But I mean, I also don't think. Well, Cox really has much upside either, unless you're playing a touchdown league or something like that, where um, or it's a two tight end league and you need something. Yeah, yeah. I don't, though I even don't even know what his touchdowns were. Even it just seems like he'd he's be a prototypical guy. In his whole career, <laughs> one touchdown a year. I guess I'm just. Uh, I guess I'm just assuming that a big body would uh, produce touchdowns, but uh, maybe not. <laughs> now, Jack Doyle's bigger than Moelle Cox. Oh wow! You believe that? No, I don't. I always thought he was. Uh, but you know, he, I'm again. I'm used to watching him on a basketball court. So I guess if he goes in the big leagues with the. Uh, the football players, yeah. That's I guess. it. Like I listen to the fancy footballers, and they talk about him as Gigantor. This, oh yeah, this, this big cult of caulking of a man. So I have this image of Molly Cox, and then when you when you look at some of the other guys and the stats that they're posting, it's like he's not that big. <laughs> he's like he's he's six five, two sixty seven. Yeah, he's also twenty seven. That's surprising too. I guess he's weighted in the wings a little bit. Um, well, no, he's right around that breakout age. Oh, is that what the breakout age for tight end is? It's a late bloomers there. <laughs> uh, that's what it takes for tight ends to figure the crap out in the NFL. <laughs> so I know I think he's fun to talk about. I don't think there's yeah no. going here, especially with no one as, as the QB, and even with Carson Wentz comes back, and if he has a love for the tight end, that's really his thing, and not necessarily the the scheme, then maybe Mo Ali Cox appears to be someone down the road. You know, I mean, after we've talked it through, I mean, someone's got to catch passes for this team. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> that's just it, right? If you're going to you know, take a lottery ticket, you know, as long as you're not paying too much for Pittman or Campbell, it, it might be worth just trying, or, or just at least watching the preseason and seeing if, if Wentz seems to. Oh, yeah, you can't see it in the preseason because you don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, it is a real, you know, real lottery he's ticket. He's not on waivers. So, if you wanted him, you can't get him. Labor oh, yeah. Picked him up. So, he's, he's Gabe's. Uh, Gabe's pick this year. Which, who? Moali Cox or Campbell? No, no, it's uh, Moali Cox. Ah, gotcha. He was on my team last year. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, look at that. Okay. Well, now let's uh, let's transition again. I think we're, oh, no, there's a, there's some, that's it. No, there's nobody else to talk to. No, no, there's. I didn't uh... know what you know, here. Um, Jacksonville. We didn't do Jacksonville, man. Indianapolis Colts, wide receiver, seventh round, Mike Strachan. Oh, you know what? I think he showed up in a, in the preseason game, right? Okay. I know nothing of this guy. Haven't paid any attention in here. I see you add him in the notes. And every league that I'm in, practically every league, this guy was picked up. Hmm. That people paid up to pick him up off of waivers. And when I see that happen where everyone's grabbing this guy, I'm like, okay, well, I need to go pay attention because I missed something here. Now, he's listed as a backup to Michael Pittman. Yeah, no, it's just like people had, you know, 
people on their rosters that they didn't didn't need anymore and they watched the you know slate of preseason games or at least heard about them and you know he he showed up uh, I mean it was only three receptions for 57 yards but I do I, I do remember I, I happened to watch that game and so I did I did take note of his name as he was doing that um so so yeah but you know maybe a dynasty name to watch six five that's pretty impressive big. that yeah. is big for a receiver yeah but seventh round that's where like, you, you didn't cost no one really paid to have him on the team that's practically like an undrafted free agent mm-hmm. yep. yep yeah okay well hey guys just uh, keep keep tabs on that name let's see what happens and last but not least, because I think they're going to move up dramatically, to me, this is a team that should be fun to watch this year, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you have Gardner Minshew as the oh, first first no, name no, that's, to that's read off. Because the, the rookie <laughs> they drafted, man, he's down in the rookie section. I guess so. I guess so. Right. We, we don't – I forget his name. Who's that guy? <laughs> Joey, Joey Lawrence. He's, uh, he's from a TV show back in the 90s. <laughs> I did. I did hear that joke on the footballers. <laughs> that's yeah, funny. That's a good one. So Gardner Minshew, I think he's worth a stash in a double quarterback super flex as a backup. Because oh, that's kind. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't think he starts. I think Trevor Lawrence owns the job already. Like it's not. It's not really much of a question. But as rookie quarterbacks come into this league they tend to get banged up as they figure things out so if something happens to trevor lawrence i think this team's in a position to do much better than last year especially under the new coach urban meyer so i think garner Minshew, if you're in a situation where you needed a a backup to a backup garner Minshew is not a bad grab yeah i will say let let him you know, let him hang on the waivers. <laughs> you're, you're, you're fine. Uh, this, is, this is Lawrence's team. I don't think he's getting a starting job anywhere else anytime soon. So, no, I don't um, think Garner's going to get a starting job anywhere. I think he had a shot. It's over. The mustache was fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, if it's going to be anywhere, it would be Jacksonville that he, he would take yeah. the reins. But, uh, um, so Lawrence, though, is kind of interesting that, um, you know, he's just not getting a lot of the hype of quarterbacks uh, that I'm hearing about. I mean, there's so much like Fields, you know, uh, talk. I hear Fields going. and Lance, man. That's Fields cool. and Lance. That's all it is. Yeah, exactly. Now, and why um, is that? Is that because they are true Russian quarterbacks? I think I think we can't get past that allure of the Russian quarterback and and the floor they do in fantasy. It just shows how much you know fantasy uh, has colored the lens of of football here. Um, that a you know huge prospect quarterback isn't really um, being he's being talked about, but not but like in a like Jacksonville's going to be better now sort of way, not like I want to own Trevor, Trevor Lawrence sort of way. Um, I feel like so I feel like he's getting a little underappreciated, not enough uh, first overall pick without question, and does not get the love and respect as being the the first overall pick. Yeah, and, and you think like, oh, you go to Jacksonville to, to die, but there's a lot of hype, you know, over Jacksonville. They had a lot of picks this year. Um, they you know. do, and I think I think they built a good structured team. As much as I hate Urban Meyer as a college coach, and he might not be a great human being, 
But as a football coach in general, he's really good. He makes things happen. Now, I don't know what the how things will transition from the college game for the to the NFL game. But when you look at the players that came from the schools that he was a coach at, a lot of them got drafted in the first round. Like he had some serious talent to work with. And they've done well. So except for Tim Tebow. <laughs> yep. Yep. Unfortunately, we don't get to discuss him in depth in the tight end section on this team. <laughs> no. He got waved and that's done. I, I did see, I didn't watch, I haven't seen much preseason like at all. All I get are like clips and highlights. Oh, did but you see the clip of him? Yeah, I was trying to do that weird block. Like, what was oh, That doing? was so funny. That was so good. It was. It reminds me of the, I think I probably mentioned this before, but no one heard me, but the, the butt fumble from uh, Sanchez. Uh, yeah. It's just one of those clips I can just keep watching over and over and oh, be like, no, what no, the no. hell is he doing? He's like trying to block the guy. He just like rubs his butt with a shoulder and falls on the ground a little bit. It's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Do you, do you not see what direction these human beings are moving? Like you didn't, you did not step into that block. It's just, it was so awkward. Yeah, just Google Tim Tebow block if you guys haven't seen it. I'm sure it'll come up. Oh, yeah, there's got to be a gift for us to to share. And in, in, yeah. Oh awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. There it's you good go. stuff. So, but no, I think Trevor Lawrence. I got high hopes for him. I think he's going to do great. Um, whether he's rushing the ball or passing the ball, um, hopefully he lives up to all the hype, right? So let's so let's talk about the real the real battle then, which is the, the James running Robinson back. versus Travis Etienne. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, I um I didn't think the team would have done this to James Robinson. They obviously had their reasoning. Um, I really like James Rob- James Robinson and what he did and how he carried the team, but obviously we don't know everything that goes on. So when they Travis uh, drafted Travis. I was like, wow, this is that's a huge slap in the face. Like, that's obviously they want to move on. They don't have the love and the trust. Uh, something they must know something that we don't. Now, I like Travis Etienne. He was uh, the running back three on my list. Um, I ended up uh, with him in in one league, so I'm rather happy with that. I'm kind of excited to see where it goes. But I'm nervous about what ends up happening with James Robinson because I think he's good enough to play in this league. So what happens to him? Where does he does he get utilized? Does he does he get shaken off? Um, and if you look into the, the sleeper highlights, uh, James Robinson just got called out uh, for being a super aware running back because he called out a blitz <laughs> play package um, before it happened and then picked the blitz up. I really love the guy. I, I yeah. mean, I, I just I had him on a couple teams last year. I somehow didn't get him in this league. Um, and so I watched a few of his games. I mean, he's just so solid you know he's a great pass catcher too he caught a lot of like wheel routes for for touchdowns um you know he just seemed to be doing everything right and he made his own holes jacksonville had a good o-line too uh so he he had you know some good lanes sometimes as well and i think their o-line's still intact so i don't know if the whole offense takes a step forward I'm just kind of like hoping that somehow this can be kind of like, uh, do you remember when Kansas city had Jamal Charles and then that other running back, uh, on them, or am I going too far back? No. Uh, who was that? I don't know. Some big bruiser, uh, guy. Um, 
But point is that year I drafted uh, Jamal Charles, even though there was another running back there. Cause I'm like, I just, he's just so good. Um, and it worked out. Um, so I don't know. I'm just kind of hoping that maybe Jacksonville takes a step forward in the offense as a whole that Robinson can still, still produce. Um, I just, there... I just some rooting for him. <laughs> well, Right now, James Robinson and Carlos Hyde are listed as co-starters. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean much of anything, but whatever. The analysis as of seven days ago shows Coach Urban Myers indicates post-draft he envisioned Robinson and Carlos Hyde as the one-two punch with Travis Etienne as the third down back. And the mm-hmm. opening depth, depth chart reflects those comments. Now, do you think there's – is there a world – where that actually exists, where James Robinson is still the starting running back and ETN becomes their their pass-catching gadget play guy. Because in practice, he has been lining up as a wide receiver. Yeah, that's that's how I think it's it's going to go. I, Hyde's, what, if, he's, if Hyde starts game one or whatever, has a bunch of touches game one, I mean, that's not going to continue yeah, all year. No, I'm not concerned about Carlos Hyde. I think yeah. that's just... Smoke, that's not anything that's actually going to detract from James Robinson. Because I, I think James Robinson can do what he did last year if given the opportunity. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping this can be the old, like, what they say, thunder and lightning or, you know, whatever other combos they, they come up with that um, that Robinson will keep the first down, second down rolls. Um, I don't know how good ETN is at his pass protection and everything like that, too. You know, maybe that that's going to play a role in how much he he gets playing time. I, I did like Etienne a lot, you know, coming into the draft. Um, so it's you know, I mean, this has been said on plenty of podcasts and media and everything that you know, lamenting where Etienne went and lamenting that Robinson isn't going to be a thing anymore. Um, so. It's tough. It's just a tough situation. I guess transitioning over to ETN then, um, I guess I'm not as high as ETN then uh, as other guys are. I know Josh picked him like 103, I think, in our our draft. Um, But I don't know. Would you have drafted ETN uh, 103? No, he wouldn't have made top five for me. Mm -hmm. No, I would have taken uh, Kyle Pitts ahead of him. Uh, Javonta Williams, uh, Najee, uh, I would have taken Jamar Chase. Um, maybe at that point he'd be the, the sixth pick. I'd probably go with him at six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I would have put Devonta Smith because just because he went to the, uh, the Eagles, so I probably would have put him down a little bit. But, you know, it could, end, it could be up like, uh, like Jonathan Taylor. You know, I, I drafted Jonathan Taylor at the 101 in the other league, and... Marlon Mack was there, uh, and then Mack just got injured, and you know, true, right? Um, Taylor took that, off. So, so anything could happen, you know. In that situation, when you when they drafted Jonathan Taylor, you knew there was going to be a transition. You mm-hmm. like to me that just says, "Hey, you're the guy now, but this guy, he's the future." Same thing with Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. You're the guy now, but he's the future. The mm-hmm. moment you fall this guy's going to pick up the pieces and we're going to keep moving. Mm, yep. So that, that's how I, I looked at that with the Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor scenario. Just Jonathan Taylor ended up getting his, his opportunity much earlier. 
and, and you can you can apply this here too because like yeah. like if Robinson gets injured and Etienne takes over and does great, that might be the end. But if Etienne gets injured, he comes back in week seven or whatever, he's just gonna get his. They're giving him a shot again, you know. Yeah, he's getting another shot. You don't put a, a first round draft pick. Uh, price on somebody and then don't let them get the opportunity yeah so i I guess at some point you just gotta and i think i said this before with nico collins that i mean though obviously he's not as high level a talent but sometimes you just gotta draft the talent and just kind of see just hope the opportunity comes at some point although running back has such a smaller window than wide receiver that you hate to you know get stuck with a two-headed monster for primes of their career right well maybe let's think of it this way can you think of another team in a situation that has two running backs that both work and are top 10 ish uh i mean chubb and yeah Hunt are the that's it like james robinson i think is as good as nick chubb overall Oof. because he gets passing work whereas chubb doesn't seem to get a lot of that passing work. That's a bold take, man. I mean, I'm I, I think he's great too, but those words came out of your mouth. That's they did. Um, because yeah. to me, uh, I see Nick Chubb as a as like a, a Derrick Henry light. Like he he's a runner and mm-hmm. he runs really well, but he doesn't get the passing work, uh, the volume that I would like to see out of that position. And James Robinson finished as the seventh overall um, running back with mm-hmm. limited work and low draft capital on a crappy team. So uh, I think, 49 yeah. catches too. So he's not, he's not Chubb in that respect. You know what I mean? Oh, so it's not, it's not terrible. Now, if Travis Etienne was not on the team, where do you think James Robinson would have gone in a, in the first, like in draft position, would he gone in the first round? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so let me, I'm looking at the rankings. Oof, wow. Yeah. Would I take him like, uh, he would, he would be, yeah, he would be like top eight for me. He would be like right around Najee Harris, I think, wherever you're thinking about him. So you would put Najee Harris in the first round? We're, we're ta- are we talking? What, what are you talking about here? No, I'm talking if you were doing a redraft and you're building your team today, mm-hmm. 10 team, half PPR format, similar to what we're playing in our dynasty league. Where would you, where would you take James Robinson? If you're building your team, if you knew that he was the running back and there was no Travis ETN. No, I don't think I could get him in the first round. Uh, I could get him in the top eight running backs. So that would that would be the first round. Like who would you put who would you put ahead of him in, in that first round? Like would what receivers would you put any receivers ahead of him? Uh in a redraft league. So you're not talking yeah. dynasty, right? Not talking dynasty, just talking redraft. Hmm. Um Yeah, I mean I, I think he does fall in like that little second tier, like uh, you know, like you would draft the top running backs and then Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, you know. Travis Kelsey. Yeah, you know, you start looking at those other guys and then he he starts like the second tier of, of running backs or, you know. He'd be in that second tier with what, like Austin Eckler, 
Aaron yeah, Jones, yeah, he'd be ahead Nick, of like Chubb, he'd be right? ahead of Jones, like Gibson, maybe? right? He'd be ahead of Gibson, Mixon, um, that group. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, would you put him ahead of Jonathan Taylor? No, I wouldn't put him ahead of Jonathan Taylor. I think. Okay, so that's probably to me that's probably where the break happens then. Mm-hmm. So in this point, knowing that he has that top ten potential. And the only thing that scares me away from him right now is he's an undrafted free agent and yeah. they just drafted a first round money back. Yeah. If had they not put a first round running back on the team and just kept James Robinson, I probably still wouldn't have drafted him in the first round. Mm-hmm. But then again, I also wouldn't draft Nick Chubb in the first round. To me, he's a second round running back, hmm. which is where I put Robinson. Hmm. I would target pass catching running backs. Like I would put Austin Eckler um, ahead of Nick Chubb. If Austin Eckler can play a whole season. I just think Robinson's still going to catch more passes than people think. Uh, I mean, Etienne. this year? Yeah, this year. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, right. Uh, um, it, it, because like I think Etienne will be in there for like designed – uh, you know, plays, but Robinson will be in there, you know, just like on first down. Sometimes you throw the ball on first down and sure, yeah. he'll be, he'll be in there. And then the primary receiver, you know, will be covered or something. So he'll dump it off to Robinson, who's a great patch catcher. So like, okay, it doesn't have to be a designed play, you know, uh, for him, he, he's going to get those passes, I think. So let, let, let's say this. If in the Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb situation, if James Robinson is the Nick Chubb role and Travis Etienne is the Kareem Hunt role, would you want to own both players? No, I guess I wouldn't, right? Just because, like, that just doesn't feel fun to me. To me. <laughs> no, it's just eggs in one basket, right? Yeah. I mean, because you'd be happy owning hmm. one, though. I'm happy owning Cream Hunt in a couple of leagues. I mean, I guess because it's only because of the price. I mean, I would be happy to own both, <laughs> absolutely. But you know, All like, right. like you want to if you're drafting people that high, you want to have two starters. I think I don't think you want to. Sure. I think ATNs because that's what's happening with Chubb and Hunt, right? I mean, the, I don't think the Chubb owner is drafting Hunt. Do you? No, no, I don't think that's happening. Yeah. But someone's drafting Hunt. I think Hunt is a, a fifth round draft pick. For yeah, a I, and I'm I'm not drafting Hunt, but that's a di- little different story. I mean, Etienne's yeah. got a lot of unknown. But all right. <laughs> so where what, what round would you draft James Robinson in then? In a redraft, where would you like to grab? Are you grabbing him grabbing him ahead of Travis Etienne or, or after Travis Etienne? Oh, that's a good question. I'm not I'm not familiar enough with, uh, you know, like general rankings for redraft that highly i but, haven't done let, mocks hmm. this is not not even let's not consider where they're currently being yeah drafted. yeah i would won't you rather would you would you draft james robinson first crap i guess first? i guess oh wow that's a yeah this that's is, a this is this is a vacuum question because hmm. it could be, i think i'm gonna i'm just gonna go robinson that's where my heart is is, yeah. is telling me to go so yeah i i got now now i am curious to find out what is the average draft price for James Robinson? Because if he's uh, 
Let me, let me rattle off some rounds for you. If he's a round seven running back, you grabbing him? Yeah. Yeah? What about round six? Uh, so six, I've got uh, – yeah, because I've got a couple running backs, three wide receivers. You know, a t- it's starting to fill out. So, yeah. Yeah. So, but round five, too early. Round six, feeling more, more into it. Round seven, for sure. I think you worked it out. That's a good way of thinking of it. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like where Kareem Hunt, uh, like you just said, he, some people are taking him round five, right? Right. Um, To me, round five is a starting asset. Like that's a guy you want to lock in your lineup. Yeah. Round six, you're looking for either your first like quarterback, maybe if you're going to reach at that point, or you're looking for your depth. Mm -hmm. So if I've got two running backs and I got three wide receivers, Sure, Cream Hunt in the sixth round, no problem. James Robinson, um, if if things are looking like they're like they're looking, and we're probably making Donnie just lose his mind with happiness at this point because he owns James Robinson. That if <laughs> nah, he Don, hopefully Donnie won't make it this far, and I can trade for him still. I gotta throw some <laughs> yeah, offers right. out there. <laughs> Go grab your shares of James Robinson right now. We're we're selling the. Deal. I've talked myself up. <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah, it's it's not a bad grab. It just. Now I, I want to go see where Travis Etienne and James James Robinson are going. And then maybe and if they're going super close, like obviously our feelings are going to be uh, echoed by NFL ADP. Man, I got to look it up like right now. Oh my god! <laughs> All right. Well, I can I just tell you. Up. I can tell you their rankings. I don't know what ADP is, but Etienne is definitely you know ranked higher. Um, yeah. But he's only like the RB like. 25 or something and and robinson's like the rb30 so it's not like too big a difference if i could spell etn it would help one t all right mm-hmm. oh travis etn his current adp is spot 54 so that's fifth round okay so he's middle of the fifth and early six is james robinson Okay, yeah, so that's not there's, too crazy. Six, I don't feel I don't feel too crazy then for saying I would I would right. take him ahead of ETN. So that made me feel better. Oh, so what what size league is that? Oh, that's twelve team PPR. So that would mean they're going in the same round. Gotcha. Not bad at all. Yeah. Yeah, they're uh, Cream Hunt, one spot behind Travis ETN. <laughs> yeah, that's not bad. That's I I think there's some significant value there. Wow. Okay. Well, here we are. We're at the end of this particular draft because there's not or not draft conversation of this of this team, the Jacksonville Jaguars. There's not much else to talk about unless you really want to dive into the wide receivers. But well, I mean, we'll just run through that. It's Shark, Marvin Jones, Lavisca Chenault. In that. Um, no, no, I mean, I'm just reading in your notes order. Because <laughs> that, uh, that's how they started the year, but I don't think that's how the season will start. I mean, I love Chanel, honestly. I, and I feel like other people have gotten there too now, just that he's being talked up. He just looks good. I mean, it's just like, it's kind of like Claypool and uh, Pittsburgh. He, like, he, he just looks like a beast, you know, when he's out there sometimes. He kind of runs like Mike... Oh gosh, was it Marion Barber? <laughs> I don't know what oh, it really? is. Maybe, maybe because he has like dreadlocks or something. That's what I'm thinking of. When I see when I see him out there, 
running and he's just like runs after the catch and, and takes guys down. They give it to him on the screens a lot, so we can do that. Um, he just seems like a real player to me. Um, whereas Chark had a lot of hype, but he shined and then got a bit dirty. Yep, and now had, new, had, new, had some down days. New coach, you know, new quarterback. It's, it's a real. And he's he suffered an injury, so he's missed quite a bit of the preseason. Mm-hmm. And reading up on Lavisca Schnott, it sounds like he's built quite the reputation with or a relationship, sorry, with Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> so if Trevor Lawrence, as you know, you build a relationship with the guy, you build that level of trust. You're on the field, things turn sideways. You're gonna look to your guy. If Lavisca Chenault is the guy, then he's gonna end up as the wide receiver one on this team. Yeah, but but, but you know, like I, I think these three guys are all good. Marvin Jones too has gotten yeah. Plenty I think of Marvin hype. Jones is locked in as the wide receiver too. So honestly, it might end up still being kind of like like Pittsburgh, <laughs> you know, in that they have you a three guys. A, you have a lot of yeah, you have pretty good wide receivers, you know, and that's that's one reason people, I think, think Jacksonville is good too, is because they they've got some guys. Um, they have they have. A, I like DJ Shark. I like. Marvin Jones. I'm really warming up to Lavisca Schnault. Uh, I wasn't big, I wasn't high on him last year, uh, but he really turned some heads. I think there's going to be some great stuff to see from him. And if Trevor Lawrence lives up to his hype, I think these three receivers could could have some serious value. I think two of them will really rise to the top at some point uh, and be used solid wide receiver twos and um, flex plays. I don't think all three of them will hit that mark, um, but they'll be. Each one will have some games for sure. And there's nothing to talk about with tight end. Tebow's gone. Yep. Tebow's the gone. There. There's nobody else left. <laughs> they never had a good tight end for, no, it seems like, not, forever. <laughs> no, that was it. All right. We're now at the end. The big question of the night, though. You need to draft your best starting lineup. I need to know your best quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and flex. There's no rules on this. You pick whoever you want. Build your best lineup. Who you got? I like you. I would like you to know that I put no thought into this. <laughs> so, okay. are we not taking turns, or am I just rattling it off right no, now? No, no, man. You, you, you pick your lineup. I pick up mine. Oh, damn! All right. And if you want, I can go first and, and lay the foundation, and you can just copy. No, no, I, I like the pressure. I'll be, I'll be quick. You got your document here. Obviously, I'm going to Sean Watson. No, shaking. Um. So. Oh wow! That's no. Funny. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay. So, so some rules are like, let's pretend this is redraft and I want to take the guy. So do I go for Trevor Lawrence, the, the, you know, up and coming starter? I think you got to go with Tannehill just for the consistency, you know, I mean, there's, there's no question about it. Tannehill would be my only quarterback choice. I'm not trusting a rookie. Yep. Yep. Um, uh, running back. So, uh, we talked about Robinson a lot for a long time, <laughs> but it comes down really to Derek Henry or Jonathan Taylor. Ooh, wow, that's a nice, nice flip tough. of coin that's, there. To me, it's it's a tough choice. Yeah, I that would is pick Derek Henry because I'll trust that he gets he gets out of the gate and he might wear down. Uh, the argument I'd give for Jonathan Taylor is uh, as long as he has a no name quarterback the box is going to be stacked against him and he's going to be, is going to be tough, tough sledding for him. So mm-hmm. my pick would be Derrick Henry. Yep. 
Yep, I think that's a safe bet. But uh, if Wentz's injury ends up lasting a couple of weeks and Taylor's draft value and redraft, you know, goes down or whatever, uh, that's some good value. <laughs> it is. Um, all receiver. right, wide receiver. Just got to pick one. Um, Just one. Wow, there's there's a pretty obvious choice here. I think. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's not Brandon Cooks. It's uh, AJ Brown, who we didn't really talk up too much so let's let's just say aj brown is a stud he's a a top five wide receiver he has that potential of just landing into that spot so yeah yeah um tight ends uh wow what how is how are we doing this again what is with the the nfc south and the afc south just has zero tight ends huh there's nothing here wow so So, i guess we got to go ferkser he's the guy that uh you know we're talked about got picked up on on our waivers in our league he's got the most potential he's flashed um and he's got the opportunity now so yeah um flex this is probably where we're going to differ okay well then then i'll i'll try to just talk myself on and, and uh you don't have to, to show your hand first um wow flex oof do i take I mean, I, I mean, I think we got to go okay. the Let second me, running back, right? Do we? I mean, look, it's got to be Jonathan Taylor if we took Henry. Yeah, look, I mean, you, what, do you, what are your options here? If you're looking at possibilities, the only position that we had any contention in was running back, Jonathan Taylor or Derrick Henry. Well, we chose Derrick Henry because of the potential wear and tear. Mm-hmm. Wide receiver, that was a no-brainer, A.J. Brown. Mm-hmm. Now, when you come to this flex spot, to me, Jonathan Taylor sits atop of that list. Mm-hmm. Julio's not far behind, and Brandon Cooks. Those are the only three names that I think are worth mentioning here. I don't know if I trust any of the receivers from Jacksonville at this point. No, could I could be I could be proven wrong by the end of the year, but I I don't know which one I would pick. It's not clear enough who's going to be the wide receiver one. So it comes down for me. Jonathan Taylor, Brandon Cooks, or Julio Jones. Well, let's pretend Taylor's out of the picture just to make it more interesting because I think Taylor's a slam dunk. So who would you pick if Taylor Uh, was out of there? Going back to what we talked about earlier, Brandon Cooks was the easy selection. I'd pick Cooks over over Julio. And that's who who my flex spot would be. Now, because Taylor is there, he's the obvious flex pick. Hmm. Wow. Even yeah. if he gets off to a slow start, I think the rest of the team would be a solid lineup to carry you until until Jonathan either Jonathan either figured it out on how to deal with stacked boxes or their quarterback passing game worked itself out and they were able to move the ball through the air and they met that challenge. And then that would open up his running game. So if that happened, I think Jonathan Taylor is probably the best flex. Oh yeah, he's definitely. Uh, so I guess I gotta disagree with you on Cooks, and I'll I'll just go uh, Robinson with my you know, crazy Ooh, pick there. <laughs> there you go. Okay, not not a bad pick. I don't think he lives up to the uh, Jonathan Taylor hype. Um, in no, but it's, spot, a, but it's it's not, but it's not a bad pick. There's and that's not. I mean, obviously, I sung Taylor. Uh, I mean, Robinson's praises here but there's just really not many people i'm too excited about uh i mean i'm not really excited about cooks i'm not really excited about jones the three-headed monster in jacksonville wide receivers you know texans are a wasteland in my opinion i try not to pick anyone from them so like 
yeah, it's it's slim picking. So that that's why Johnson uh, Robinson, geez, that's the name, right? Uh, rose to the flex for me if Taylor wasn't around. Not bad, not bad. It's a good lineup. All right. Well, hey, uh, I appreciate you coming on to this podcast with me tonight and doing all of that technical support, testing to drive to make sure that we had what I'm going to think is probably going to be one of the better recorded podcasts now. Nice. Yeah. Hey, right. no, no, no I didn't hear, I didn't hear a thing. So, so I think we're good. I think we are good. Uh, so uh, I think that's a wrap guys. I appreciate you sticking out over the summer with me and all of my guests up to this point. This is the end of the divisional podcast reviews. Uh, I'm going to come up with some interesting preseason stuff. I have some ideas I'm going to throw out there into the group chat. So make sure you check that out. Hit me back. Let me know what you guys want to see and do in the, uh, the coming season. And remember, if it's not fun, it's not worth doing. Good night, guys.